0: You're listening to Industry 19 a 19-episode 19 podcast series focused on the outlook and actions of individuals in the hospitality industry affected by COVID-19. Okay, wow everyone. I am so stoked that I am actually going through with something that I said I would. So, thank you to those people that told me this was a great idea and I should do it if it's something I care about because it really, truly is. I am so excited to share and highlight individuals I find nothing short of admirable and the positive impact they're making throughout what is a very trying time for everyone. A little background on me and how this podcast came to be I have been in the hospitality industry since about 2013. I started my career as a front desk agent at a boutique hotel in downtown Portland. I grew to become a sales manager in the luxury boutique brands and appreciate the hotel grind and have had the opportunity to work alongside and befriend those in the restaurant and bar industries. My side hustle, I like to call it, is in the event industry and collaborating with the most creative and inspiring vendors that bring life to events. Many of these are small business owners. For example, florists. DJs, musicians, caterers, photographers, and let's not forget the venue itself. Many of my friends have come from these industries, and the company I keep and those close to me work in these industries as well. If this podcast reaches one person, and is informational, insightful, or helpful, I've done what I set out to do. I hope I bring you comfort in knowing there are resources, and there are people fighting for the ones that... Make it happen for everyone else. Getting into the first episode of Industry 19 I met Josh while working as a front desk agent at a downtown boutique hotel in Portland. I immediately admired his passion for the music industry and his relationships with the artists staying with us. Later, I came to discover he is well-versed in the cannabis industry and a leader in educating the public on its benefits.
1: Uh, I'm Joshua Jardine Taylor, and I work as both Oregon's cannabis concierge here in Portland, Oregon, and up until last week, I was a syndicated columnist covering cannabis issues for a number of Northwest newspapers, including the Portland Mercury.
0: To be completely transparent, I don't think when I first met you, I ever actually knew what you did. So, this is also a good opportunity for me to learn a little bit more about you. And you are obviously a man of many
1: hats. It's a large head. So, yeah. needs-
0: Josh is a former tour manager, promoter, and day to day manager working with numerous bands, labels, and management agencies. Clients have included Drive-By Truckers, Jason Isbell, Justin Towns Earl, The Roots, and many more. He's been producing cannabis events in Oregon for five years, starting with Weed the People in 2015, then Green Friday, the Summer Fair, Tok Talks, and many more.
1: Now I work with cannabis and music in helping record labels, management agencies, and artists find products and projects that they can attach themselves to in both the cannabis and the CBD space.
0: Josh, like many of us, caught wind of COVID-19 in early February. It wasn't until March that our growing concern became reality for the music industry.
1: On March 10th, when I was uh, with a friend at a concert at the Aladdin Theater, Amanda Shires, uh, before her concert started, I got word that Seattle was beginning to shut things down. And by the time she got off stage three or four hours later, uh, five shows had been canceled in the next seven days. And that was the last show that I was able to attend. And a few days later, uh, the Portland Mercury and all the other newspapers that carry my work had to shut down and go from print format strictly to digital. And in the process, laid off 50 or 60 people total.
0: And to me, it's shocking that this happened over a matter of days. Hundreds of thousands of millions of people lost their jobs from this.
1: I don't think we've ever come across anything like this as far as the effect it's had financially in such a short period of time and the way that it's absolutely decimated every industry. Unless you're making paper goods or alcohol wipes or Lysol, I don't think anyone is profiting from this time, and it uh, it's a good indication of how interconnected we are.
0: But what can we do? How do we come out stronger and more interconnected than before this all started? How do we show our support for these industries that we know and love from a distance?
1: If it's service industry and that restaurant or establishment is still offering Delivery or curbside pickup. I think that's a great time to go ahead and let someone else cook for you. I think it's good to buy gift cards with the the restaurants, the venues that you frequented in the past. This will pass, and when it does, and you want to get back out, it's a great way to you know provide financial support right now for those companies and businesses. You know, if you are in the music industry. And you want to go ahead and support people that are that are in the music industry as well, or if you're not in the industry, I think the online streaming shows are remarkable. There's so many options there, and you know you can watch for free if, if you're willing to, you know, get your finances a little tighter. Uh, otherwise, you know, you can tip a dollar, two dollars, five dollars. You can visit the artist's website and buy their merchandise. Uh, JD McPherson is going to be doing a live stream on Thursday. They had to cancel an entire European and American tour celebrating the 10th anniversary of their first album. So they're doing a live stream where you can just watch the the duo of uh, of JD and Jimmy do the album without the full band, which is already something unique, but you can tip them. And that money will go to their tour manager, will go to their band who have also lost income. It's uh, the ripples that come out from just one album or one tour being canceled, uh, it's remarkable how many jobs are lost, how many people are impacted. There's so much to choose from now that even if you couldn't afford Netflix, you could just you know, watch everything free. And right now, you know, we're telling people buying merch is great too. If you don't have the money for that, stream their music. Those, those streams count towards something. Uh, when you get back on your feet and you still want to buy it, go buy the LP or get yourself a t-shirt
0: predictions that you have on the fate of these industries and future business?
1: Wow. Um, I don't want to end on a down note. (laughs) Uh, a a lot of this is based on how long this goes on before we get back to whatever the new normal is going to be. But the, the music venues themselves operate on a very small margin of budget or, or rather of profit. And, My fear is that a lot of the venues that you love now, the Star Theater, the Aladdin, you know, could be bought up by larger out-of-state conglomerates, Live Nation, AEG, and then no longer be what they are now, but become a corporate franchise entity to go see music. So I worry about the health of the venues. I think it's important to support those venues with GoFundMe campaigns and checking out their website, buying gift cards there if you can.
0: And I wanted to touch on the cannabis industry because you mentioned they are doing a little better potentially right now. And I've actually seen a lot of jobs posted from various um, dispensaries.
1: Uh, It's frontline work, Um, you know, if you are in a dispensary especially right now you may as well be at Fred Meyers. You're dealing with a tremendous number of people from all cross-sections and it's it's fairly intimate. Some dispensaries have moved to a a pickup-only curbside. Some are still allowing you to come inside, but uh, remain six feet away. Overall wholesale has gone up about 50% in a lot of states There are other states with with their lines out the door, people coming in and stocking up as much as they can. Um, Right now, the cannabis industry is doing really well, but people don't want to work with a bunch of people every day. Mm -hmm. So if you are a brave person or think you have a strong immune system and want to get into the cannabis industry, now would be a great time doing so. And there may be some jobs that don't involve any public contact, just a weighing and packaging and getting things ready and answering the phone for dispensaries all over uh, the state. Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm hoping that this is actually showing how important cannabis is for some people.
1: I mean, it's, it's one of the few uh, businesses that has been deemed necessary in the state of Oregon and in other states too. You know, liquor stores have been as well. And no one is going to get a, you know, medical bottle of vodka. So (laughs) I think if anyone who is using it medically didn't have access to it, um, it's going to be difficult for people to access pharmaceutical options, you know, in place. This also raises money for the city, for the state, uh, for various programs. Um, I think it would be foolish to shut it down, Mm -hmm. but it does show us, how um, how valued it is by states that have programs established that they are deemed necessary and allowed to stay open. Uh, I think it speaks a lot more, too, as to why it's still considered illegal federally if you've got 30-plus states right now talking about making it a, a legal, necessary option for people.
0: Musician Nathaniel Daniel, cool name, huh, had a similar experience with COVID-19 and cancellations with his band, The June Bugs.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had our first gig canceled pretty early on. Our first major gig, at least, I should say. And that was because of uh, uh, an employee at the, the casino that we were going to play at was, had come down with it. And they had to shut the entire casino down. Oh, that was
0: wow.
2: in February. Yeah. So they shut it off and on for a weekend just to like cleanse and get that employee out of there and kind of try to cool everybody out and then reopened, And then obviously, had to just close again. Uh, Yeah, my name is Nathaniel Daniel, Uh, currently playing music mostly with the June Bugs, uh, but I played with a bunch of bands off and on and perennially in Portland, and yeah, I guess I'm also the sole proprietor and captain of the ship at Ancestor Brand, which is a small and personal accessories brand that I have created.
0: Can you share a brief history about yourself and your career in the Portland music scene?
2: Uh, yeah, I moved out to Portland, essentially, st- straight out of high school. Um, well, Gresham, if you count that as Portland, which I do. Yeah, wait. Uh, uh, ho- I to hope be everyone determined. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I had a couple of bands out there and then yeah, left and came back in 2007 and have been here ever since in various scenes with a whole bunch of different bands, just kind of being a bass player for hire and having... Co-projects and co-writing things, bands with friends, people in school, etc. All all sorts of situations through the years, professionally and casually.
0: Parallel to Josh's realization, following his attendance of the Amanda Shire show at the Aladdin Theater. For the June Bugs, after their first casino cancellation, the COVID-19 situation became very real, affecting subsequent shows into the summer
2: uh yeah as far as how far out the cancellations have gone that's uh kind of to be determined but yeah at this point pretty much all of april we had two tours um one to las vegas and one up to british columbia both of which were obviously canceled uh the one in las vegas contained a significant run at the fair out there so we were doing some fair work early on and so that was like a big that was a big run for us and then the, the canadian tour was shaping up to be pretty cool too and then and then all, all kinds of gigs in between both casual bar gigs and corporate events privates things of that nature have all been the entire calendar's been wiped obviously and yeah it all it all happened for us relatively quickly mm-hmm. I'd say within a period of five to seven days you know we canceled that entire month month and a half prospectively.
0: though they did press on utilizing live streaming services to stay connected with their fans and continue to play the music that they are known for. You guys did a live stream. Mm-hmm. The June bugs. Yeah. And how yeah, did that go? Yeah. And kind of what's the future of as obviously you have cancellations and you guys are kind of, that's what you're going to be doing. I'm guessing.
2: Yeah. We did one a uh, week before last uh, with the full band that thursday and it went really it went really well um it was successful for us and the the one person video team that we have helping us out and we were all able to make a bit of money and play for a couple hours and entertain some people and uh and it's yeah it's just an open forum style on facebook uh live stream and then we just have donatable access points um but yeah it went really well
0: This music you've been hearing, it's actually an instrumental demo produced by Nate himself. Finding success in their live stream, the Junebugs also needed to make sure that they were abiding by the social distancing rules as well.
2: And and that was also something that we kind of were grappling with after our first live stream is that we're like, well, is this technically, are are we still following the protocol of, you know, keeping a safe social distance, etc.? And uh, after talking to some friends, you know, it's like if we are actually complying within the Oregon work work codes uh, or, ordained by the governor and health associations, then it should be okay. <laughs> and we're kind of remotely placed when we're doing a live stream. Like Kyle's in the drum room of our little studio and Moses and I in opposing corners. So, yeah, going to try to at least in, in good faith do that even more with this next one.
0: Someone I was talking to somebody earlier, and he's been pretty involved in the music industry for a long time. And he was saying, although obviously it is a really tough time, it makes people appreciate being in concerts and seeing concerts in person more. And you can tell that people miss that based on the attendance with the live stream and people watching.
2: For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, people are taking the time to watch it and watch it with their families and hang out and e- even just jumping on for a second, just showing support and saying hello. Yeah, it's been that's been uh, comforting to see. And People are excited about that and, and subsequent, you know, personal messages and stuff that we've received. It's been beneficial, I believe, at least for people's spirits in the meantime.
0: I remember each press conference and CDC announcement feeling like a punch to the stomach. First, no gatherings over 250, then 50, then 10. I witnessed as the closure announcements began trickling in, then what felt like the final closures of bars and restaurants all happening in unison. One closure in particular that hit home for me was my old neighborhood bar. I knew these people, I cared about these people, I genuinely was concerned about the stress that they would have to deal with from now on. So we've got Whitney and Whitney and I know each other because I was a second tier regular at Pay Dirt, and Whitney is a bartender, but then became bar manager recently, right? Well, not that recently.
3: About a year ago. Yeah.
0: And then how did you get involved in the Portland bar scene and end up at Pay Dirt?
3: Uh, I actually moved to Portland four years ago today, and I was looking on Poached, and I saw an ad for a bar called Pater and I was like, "Okay." And I applied, and it was—I had an interview at a brewery that day, and then I went to Pater and met Ezra and Andrew, and they offered me a job. And I was like, "Sure." It's been my first job in Portland and my only job.
0: Though COVID-19 was already on Whitney's radar, it became painfully obvious while working a shift at the bar.
3: It became worrisome for me two and a half weeks ago. Uh, I was working, I was covering a Saturday morning shift at the bar and I did 300 in sales and it was dead. And I was like, wow, okay, people are getting serious about this, staying at home and this could be actually a big deal. The next day was when I got the news from my boss that we would be shutting down temporarily paydirt proceeded to shut down
0: the bar and its sister bars all on the same day that's when things began
3: looking very serious for its employees everyone was laid off other than the managers who <sighs> get paid until the fourth and then we'll be laid off as well
0: i asked whitney how she was holding up and how she remains positive in what clearly is new territory in a stressful situation for everyone
3: No, it's easy. Yeah, Uh, I mean, not. I mean, it's not easy to keep a positive attitude, but it's kind of like how I approach anything in life. I just try to find a way to laugh. I mean, I, I give myself a couple things to do each day. Like I planted a garden. um, I've done a lot of cooking. I've been practicing guitar. I've been day drinking. You know, just (laughs) hanging out with my cat, dancing. I've definitely given myself time to cry and be upset and. Doing a lot of writing. Amid the bar
0: closures, owners took action and made sure customers could donate directly
3: to the employees that had served them. So my boss, Ezra, um, came up with this idea to sell t-shirts to raise money for the staff. Um, 100% of the proceeds go to staff. The shirts can be found on drinkinoregon.com, which is Old Gold's website. It's a gray t-shirt that says, next round on me. Basically when you go to the site, you can pick your what size you you want and then pick if you want to donate more. So the shirt costs twenty-five dollars, and then you can choose to donate hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, whatever amount you want. And as of two days ago, we had raised over four grand.
0: This week, on each of the bar's social media accounts, owners posted they had raised over six thousand dollars that would go directly to the employees. I keep circling back to takeaways we'll have from what's happened. How do we come back stronger? How can we support each other through this situation? I was touched to discover that some of the people most affected by what's going on have the most positive outlook for when we can all be together again.
3: I hope people appreciate the, the essential workers. You know, I, I hope that people reevaluate what's important to them. And how much they, how big of a role being part of a community, how important that is and how important restaurants and bars are. Just like, it's a place where we all hang out.
0: I know one thing for me that's been so sad is that you can't go in and see the people that you usually see all the time. I know. Yeah. And you have to remember these people are your therapists and your friends and it's a social environment and you run into other people in the neighborhood,
3: but we don't have that right now. I didn't realize how much of an extrovert I actually am. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I miss talking to people. I miss hearing about their day.
2: Uh, Yeah. Obviously, if you can and are willing, uh, hop on live streams and, you know, toss some money in the digital tip buckets if you can. Uh, You know, a very large number of people are unemployed right now. So we're not expecting everyone or anyone necessarily to contribute anything. We're just trying to do it to keep ourselves and our community sane and together. Um, But yeah, you definitely can do that. Um, And also, yeah, I would say like, you know, just make a plan and make a commitment to in the future, actually go support them again, you know, kind of make it like a a, a quarantine resolution type of thing where you're like, well, because this is happening, like I'm, and I know that I'm now missing that, like in the future, I will, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go out two times a month and go catch my friend's band or go catch a random band, you know, even like extend it further than that. And just go support live music as it was. And as it hopefully will be again. One thing that we are kind of taking from this is like, we are going to try to just fold a live, no matter what happens, we're going to um, we're going to bolster our live streaming up a little more and kind of make it a show and make it the same thing that it is now um, monthly or something. Thing.
1: For musicians, uh, you know, I, not everyone is, is adapting to the streaming model, and that's understandable. So certainly I think when when the ban is lifted and people are able to congregate again, you're going to see a, a lot more appreciation for music. So I think it'll be a windfall for musicians at that point. Uh, people really miss that, and I think the, the live streaming popularity indicates that. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing for service industry. You know, I, I I heard someone mentioning the day that they hope when everyone's favorite restaurant, bar, hotel reopens, that people have as much enthusiasm and excitement and spend as much money as they did hoarding toilet paper and flour and yeast, you know, from the Fred Myers, uh, during the last month, because it really makes you value and, uh, Reevaluate where you place the importance on gatherings and and spaces in your life and you know in portland that's your local coffee shop your restaurant your diner um, it's it's small businesses i think it's still really what drives the city and drives the state and so i, I certainly hope that everyone gets to bounce back sooner than later uh this is really a a remarkable time um, and so we're hoping for a remarkable outcome as well
0: Thank you for listening to Cove Industry 19. If you have comments, questions, or if you would like to be featured on an episode of Cove Industry 19, feel free to send us an email at covindustry19 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.